KCSB FM, Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Alexandra Goldberg with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista in the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, Houselessness in Isla Vista. There's an increase of encampment tents in Isla Vista parks. What are IV organizations doing to help this community? I'll speak with Kimberly Kiefer from the Ivy Recreation and Parks District about the rise of encampment living in Isla Vista and how the pandemic is playing a role in the increase. Next, in an interview with Kimberly Albers, a representative from the County of Santa Barbara Community Services Department, we'll discuss a new initiative to build temporary tiny homes in the Ivy Community Center parking lot. Then, it's holiday season like no other in Isla Vista and everywhere. Our reporter checks in with the general manager of the Isla Vista Food Co-op. Let's get started. Today, we are speaking about the houseless community here in Isla Vista. My guest is Kimberly Kiefer from the Ivy Recreation and Parks District. We will be talking about how the district and other organizations are engaging with the houseless community, but most importantly, what they are doing to help. Thank you for um, for letting uh, letting me be on air. I just want to say, as a UCSB graduate and somebody who frequently listens to uh, KCSB, I'm just thrilled to be here. Um, I started in February of 2020, which has been um, no easy start to a new career, and we have noticed a rise of houseless community in our parks uh, due to COVID. Um, so we have been really working to advocate for. Uh, all of the community, including those who are experienced houselessness in Isla Vista. Um, and a lot of the work that we have been doing is trying to find a balance in committed to sharing our resources with all members of the community. It's very important as a park district, we look at behavior that is appropriate to park use and that we're able to keep our parks safe through maintenance. And so it's been really crucial to look at shared responsibility to open spaces with respect to the land, it brings us all a sense of wellness and enjoyment. And so you know, under our state mandate and fiduciary responsibilities, we've had to find a balance between supporting our houseless community to make sure that they are being treated with humane, uh, you know, humanity, and also, you know, being able to actually maintain our parks. You mentioned a little bit about how the pandemic has sparked an uprise in the houseless community. Can you speak a little bit more about that situation? Because of some of the the increase that we've experienced in three of our parks in particular, Anascoyo, Camino Corto, and Sueño Orchard, the district worked, uh, you know, really diligently to put together a plan um, that is called what is known as the SEMP or COVID-19 Encampment Management Policy, crafted and passed a pathway modeled off of Oakland's California's policy in response to the increase of encampments. Um, and essentially the purpose of the SEMP is to provide a clear roadmap to ensure the houseless community is treated with respect as the district addresses the challenges of operating and maintaining parks as created by our state law. So a lot of that looks like ensuring that our resource providers and partners are able to come in and do a lot of the servicing that is more human service agency related versus park related um, because we are not a human service agency. Great, thank you so much. Um, how is the community getting involved? We've heard of initiatives such as Food Not Bombs and Showers of Blessing. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, um, so Isla Vista is really fortunate and I love, this is one thing I love about being back here and being you know, within the 
the epicenter of our youth, right? And our next generation is that they really want to bring the challenges to the forefront and address some of these issues in terms of, you know, uh, caring for our houseless community. Um, so Food Not Bombs, as well as some of the other agencies, Home for Good, um, they've been working really hard to provide outreach. And we've been coordinating with the county most recently to support, uh, you know, behavioral wellness, health and safety, um, and really ensuring that people are being resourced with the, the things that they need. And that has been a really big key of this, is really taking a step back and looking how we can work together as a community to address the needs of the unhoused, and then also a pathway to get you know, our unhoused residents into shelter. Do you have any advice to UCSB students or other members of the community who want to get involved into this community outreach? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, connect with um, Home for Good and some of the other agencies uh, currently in Isla Vista. I know that there's a lot of advocacy that's happening to support um, uh, our unsheltered. And I think that, you know, anytime, um, any, anytime there's an opportunity to get involved on the ground, whether it be through advocacy, through hands-on service, uh, certainly with COVID, it's been really challenging because we're under a lot of restrictions on what we can do right now with volunteers. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, being aware of the issues and learning how to, you know, think um, really progressively about all the different aspects. Our parks are for everybody, including our unhoused. Um, and we also need to have our parks available and open for, for everybody. Um, and, and that means, you know, UCSB students as well. Right. What other plans are being discussed in order to mitigate the rise in encampment living in Isla Vista? You know, right now we've been working with the county to ensure that um, because of all the great advocacy that all these community members and groups have been doing, the county is proposing a plan to look at a temporary shelter in response to the, the pandemic. Um, and that will, you know, provide an opportunity to be able to place uh, members of, of the public that are unsheltered in our parks into, into a place that is a little bit more um, resource uh, in terms of food, showers, um, and also, you know, behavioral wellness resources. So really, again, we're, we're a partner agency and, and really my goal and, and the goal of the district is to get back to what we're really good at, right? We, we're, a, we're a park and recreation district and it's really important that it's vital for other community member agencies and organizations to partner with our district to provide the services and resources that the many houseless community lack um, that we're unable to provide nor have the budget for. You just mentioned that the Santa Barbara County Board of Supervisors voted to proceed with an effort to create temporary housing for this community in the parking lot adjacent to the Isla Vista Community Center. How will this plan be implemented? You know, that is a great question. It is implemented through a lot of different agencies, and certainly the county is going to be taking the lead. And like I recommended that you speak to Dinah Lark, Lock, excuse me, Lockhart, who is uh, in charge of the, the county's division that focuses on, on health services. Um, and I believe that the folks of Good Samaritan will be actually facilitating um, the shelter itself and providing all the oversight. We will be just a property provider and, and lease agreement. Um, nothing more that, nothing that our staff would be involved in. Wow, that sounds great. That's going to be amazing for our community. Is there anything else you would like to add about the district engagement with the houseless community here in Isla Vista? 
Um, I just want to say that I think, you know, it's been been nine or so, it feels like nine months of, of really working to try to find a pathway that that meets everybody in the middle. And I think that's the beautiful thing about public service and about uh, public space is, is really creating space for everybody so that, you know, whether or not you are housed or unhoused, whether you own a home or, or don't own a home, um, whether or not you live in Isla Vista or don't live in Isla Vista, there's an opportunity for you to come and engage in the parks and spend some time in, in nature. And, and Isla Vista is very fortunate where we have 25 parks within our our jurisdiction that allow um, some, you know, respite from the day-to-day, the Zooms, <laughs> the technical interface that most of us have and are facing. And I think that, you know, our goal is to try to find a pathway that is humane and, and supportive to the community's needs, as well as, you know, going back to the roots of our district, which is, you know, ensuring that we're speaking on behalf of the flora and the fauna and the wildlife and, you know, everybody that's using the parks and the parks themselves that need to have the support to um, continue to to thrive is such a great landscape that we have here um, in this climate, and it's it's really exciting. We're we're, we're going to be working on a lot of initiatives in the next few years, and um, certainly that is that's what I'm most looking forward to in the district is really refocusing our attention on um, park and recreation services. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I really really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks. Same. Thank you. And and please continue to reach out and dialogue. Um, we have a lot to say and we really want the community to be involved in a very different way. So um, come and come and see what we're up to. You can join our Instagram. We have a Facebook page and also a, a biweekly newsletter that can help you get more information to get involved. Kimberly Kiefer from the Ivy Recreation and Parks District. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Alexandra Goldberg with KCSB News. We've been talking about the houses community here. Now that we know a little bit more about the growth of the community and the potential hazards of encampment living, we'll hear from Kimberly Albers on a brand new initiative to build temporary shelter for individuals to stay in. News has broken that the Santa Barbara County Board of Supervisors voted to proceed with an effort to provide the houses community with temporary shelter. Can you talk a little bit about the issues that have led up to this decision? Yeah, so thank you again for um, for having us and opportunity to talk about um, those efforts. So we at the county um, have oversight over the continuum of care um, that that does our best to match those experiencing homelessness um, with shelter and housing options. And so what we've seen um, through the COVID-19 emergency is that there has been um, a real an inc- a real increase in um, the Isla Vista parks of houseless persons. And so in addition to that, there's been some health and safety concerns, some um, deterioration of the parks, as well as um, what's been noted most recently is a, um, a real increase in, in fire and a risk of fire, I should say, not fire, a ris- risk of fire and um, and just uh, basic safety issues around uh, calls for service for law enforcement. And so uh, we have been working across departments and with the uh, Ivy Isla Vista Community Services District and Recreation and Parks District um, for a number of months through a working group um, to come up with solutions for the persons uh, living in the parks as well as um, the surrounding community. And so one of those tools in our toolbox is to have um, a temporary emergency shelter in Isla Vista 
um, as part of the community's response to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. And so we have now um, approved uh, an agreement with Good Samaritan Shelter, which is one of our largest shelter providers across the county of Santa Barbara, um, to actually um, lift um, a, a pop-up temporary emergency shelter in Isla Vista um, that um, will be able to um, assist people experiencing um, homelessness. So what will happen is, uh, what's been happening is um, that outreach workers are, are diligently working um, with individuals that are experiencing homelessness in the parks um, to match them to the right um, intervention for um, shelter, housing services, um, as, as they choose to, to engage. And so um, those efforts are ongoing. Great, that sounds amazing. Can you speak a little bit about what these tiny shelters will look like and include? So the temporary emergency shelters are um, are, are a non-congregate model. So because of, again, the COVID-19 pandemic, we want to make sure that um, we're doing everything we can to follow Center for Disease Control guidelines. And so those these they're called pallet houses. And so they are um, eight by eight. Um, independent structures that have um, a light, a, um, a heater, and then a, um, a bed. And um, in addition to the pallet houses, uh, there'll be a shower and restroom trailers available to um, guests of the temporary emergency shelter. Do you explain a little bit about the goal of attrition that these shelters have? What will this community turn into after the duration of their stay in these shelters has ended? You know, we're really, we'll be working again with, um, with each individual, whether they're in the shelter or um, living in the parks um, to connect them with the services that they need, case management, um, other types of service interventions, healthcare, um, it could be relocation or reunification, acquisition of benefits, um, all those types of things. And so then we would be um, doing those same services, right, just more, in more of an intense um, fashion because they're, they're on site, they're at the shelter, um, moving them through that process in the hopes that uh, we can engage them in a, um, a safe exit at the end of the temporary emergency shelter period. So I think it's important to note that um, this the temporary emergency shelter will only be available um, for a six month period. And so um, while everyone will work diligently to, um, to match um, individuals to a safe exit, um, you know, we, we do have very limited shelter, long-term shelter and housing options in the county. Um, and so everyone will just be working as hard as they can to um, match everyone to the right, right services. Where do you foresee this community finding the permanent housing? Will it be common to see those who are once housed in these shelters return back to encampments in Ivy Public Parks? You know, I think certainly the goal will be um, for that not to happen. What problems has the pandemic inflicted not only on the houseless community, but also efforts to help this community on the other end? You know, uh, the coronavirus pandemic has been... um, very challenging for um, the houseless community in that, um, you know, when we're telling everyone, you know, the safest place is to stay at home, to wash your hands frequently, 
Um, those are things that when you're, we're li you're living outdoors become extremely uh, challenging and, and basically not able to, to follow. And so um, also services at the beginning were, were quite reduced as, um, as we all, all decided um, to, you know, obey the stay at home order. So we, um, we know it's been uh, very challenging to get uh, people connected to the right services um, because of the, the, the level of encampments, the number of encampments rising and those encampments being more stable than in the past. Um, there are a lot more belongings associated with encampments, which are which are um, where that risk of fire is increasing, right? Because there's a lot more um, fuel, so to speak, uh, related to the encampments. So we really encourage everyone to consider, you know, not using open flame or anything that could cause fire. But um, yeah, so it's been a very challenging time um, for the houseless community, and we're we are glad though that we've had additional resources. And so one of the reasons that we're able to lift the temporary emergency shelter is because we do have funds directly related to the coronavirus response that have come from the federal government and the state government um, where those are resources we normally wouldn't have. Um, so this is something again, that's very much related to the coronavirus response and we're able to fund it because of uh, those special dollars. So, um, so it's definitely increased the impacts and um, and concerns for our houseless community, but also we do have some additional resources that we normally wouldn't have um, to get people into shelter and housing. Right. Is there anything else you would like to add to our discussion? You know, just again, that um, we're, we're really glad to partner with um, Good Samaritan Shelter and the Community Services District and Recreation and Parks District for what we really see as a, um, a community effort um, to, um, to rally around um, persons experiencing homelessness and um, the community at large to, to create a, a health and health, healthy and safe environment. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. All right. Thank you, Alexandra. Kimberly Albers with the County of Santa Barbara. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Alexandra Goldberg with KCSB News. As we enter into an unprecedented holiday season, our KCSB news reporter, Kalia Kwa, checks in with the Isla Vista Food Co-op General Manager, Melissa Cohen, for an update on the holiday vibe in IV and how it's different this year. The Isla Vista Co-op is one of the essential grocery stores here in Isla Vista and represents such a vibrant pocket of our community. As a student living in IV, and using the store almost daily, I remember how much it allowed everyone to play a significant role, whether you chose to be a part owner or you're stopping by to get a quick snack before a surf. I remember seeing activities for kids around the holidays and also just being able to strike up a really rich conversation over a vegan wrap and some kombucha. I'm so fortunate to have Miss Melissa Cohen here, the Ivy Co-op Manager. You may see her around the store with a warm, bright smile asking how she can be of help to you. I want to thank you so much, Melissa, for taking the time to be on Inside Isla Vista today. Pleasure. 
The Ivy Co-op is a huge slice of the Isla Vista experience and really represents the health and vibrancy of the community. How have you been able to keep the Ivy Co-op sparkle, so to speak, through having to modify a portion of how things are ran due to COVID? I think part of what we're trying to do here is still have fun. And I um, feel very grateful. The team that works here, we have 34 workers right now, all different ages, high school, college, older. It's seeing everybody work together and come up with creative ideas. So it can still feel fun, even coming to work when it's more stressful. So we did like, um, if you follow our Instagram, you'll see we, we, we were sharing this pumpkin pie recipe last week. And we landed on that pumpkin pie recipe because our two outreach coordinators really wanted to have a pumpkin pie off. And so whereas we would do a bake off usually this time of year with our community, we had to change that because we can't really do that right now. So instead we have workers, we paid for the ingredients. I think three or four workers each baked two or three pies. And so we tasted over the course of a week, all these different pumpkin pies at work and still have snacks during COVID. So we landed on this pie based on like 30 worker opinions about what is the best pumpkin pie. And so then we share that pie with the community only after it was very vetted with a lot of pumpkin pie tasting. And so that was like one example of how we're trying to like maintain some version of co-op community when we can't have events in the traditional way. And you'll see it scattered across our Instagram now. The outreach team has come up with some great ideas. Even last night on our story, I saw Freddie making this delicious vegan like squash, like, you know, gratitude themed casserole at home. Mm-hmm. And so she like, all of a sudden I see our story pop off. I'm like, what's going on in our story? Because I, you know, a lot of us run the Instagram, boom, I see Freddie in her home kitchen, making this incredible looking, you know, uh, holiday dessert. And I thought, I feel so connected to her right now. And that's just another, you know, weird, not fallout, but like another outcome of the pandemic is suddenly here we are doing Instagram in this whole new way where we're trying to still keep it fun and keep it inspiring, but from a distance. (laughs) It's so creative too. Speaking of pumpkin pie and getting into the holidays, have you noticed a significant difference at all with the students leaving or also different trends within the holiday season approaching? It's hard to tell with Isla Vista because whereas my colleagues that run grocery co-ops this week have obviously like record-breaking sales and it's a whole shenanigan like our national co-op which is our umbrella entity that a lot of our food co-ops kind of collaborate with sent out this like crazy holiday guidelines for like when your store is so crowded and the lines are so crazy and we're over here like we could really use some customers (laughs) Uh, we usually on thanksgiving do slow down it's very unique because obviously we have tons of students that shop here with our customer count being already down 60%. And then I drove into work yesterday and I was very empty. We are not expecting students really back till January, actually. So we have prepared ourselves for the slowest, quietest next six weeks, probably ever. Um, so what we're seeing is very low sales at the co-op. We're seeing actually very few customers at this moment, which is a little bit stressful. Um, I see lots of people waiting in line at other grocery stores and I'm over here like cooperate, not corporate. And you can come over here, not wait in line. (laughs) 
but yeah, it's a, you know, it's just a different year and we're just trying to prepare ourselves. It will not be a financial boon for the co-op this year. We had a pretty good year last year though, actually our fiscal year ended on September 30th and we, not even because of COVID, the co-op last year prior to COVID, like thank you all, every student, every community member, every partner, everybody that attended our events, we were hitting record breaking everything. Our events were packed. I mean, our events calendar was like tasting after tasting. We were seeing probably 10% sales growth prior to the pandemic. Um, customer counts were record breaking. Um, our food bank partnership started in the fall, like a bunch of stuff we've been working on forever. Finally was landing as is the course of everything when the world changes. And so this year obviously is just a full different experience. Um, so yeah, it's quiet. We still have all the stuff. We're really excited about being a resource for this holiday. Whether, whether you celebrate the holiday or not, we really love sharing good food. Um, and so, yeah, we're hoping that those that do show up feel really stoked that they get to come into our clean store, um, you know, mm. shop quietly with great music playing. I think we have like Etta James Okay, always good hits. Yeah, yeah, we have fun. And so yeah, that's a little quieter here. And, you know, it's a little nervy, but we'll make it through. The co-op is, we'll always make it through. That's what I think. Absolutely. The co-op to me is such a sunflower that will always rise through the concrete. Melissa, I've had such a wonderful time speaking with you. Are there any additional comments that you could leave us with today? You know, I think all I can say is during this crazy time, don't discount the opportunity to find these little pieces of community that can help you feel like you are a part of something still. It might be as simple as walking down the street to a little grocery store that you've never been to before, whether it's the co-op or another one of the incredible independents that are owned not by a corporation out there in the community right now. Um, I will always be a voice for small business, especially right now. Uh, I list is quite empty and there are businesses that are still open. And I know that for those that they call you guys, the Isla Vista superheroes, it's your time of year. Please come out here. We could use our superheroes to come and support our community. It's beautiful and quiet out here in ID now. And so I think during this season, you know, whether you celebrate this week um, with a meal with yourself or just a quiet moment of gratitude. And as we get into this kind of strange holiday season, yeah, don't forget about what builds great community. There's an incredible book called Palaces for the People that's really helped steer my, you know, brain around resilient community and what that can look like. Um, and that book really talks about these nuggets of what does make a beautiful, vibrant community. Small, locally owned business is the fabric of community. And the further we get away from small locally owned business, the more we lose the opportunity for our communities to look like ourselves. And that's really important. Co-ops exist to serve needs in communities where maybe there hasn't been that need before. And small business, similarly, those are people in your community that see that there is a need and they want to fill it and create that resilience locally owned, family owned, alumni owned, if you're NIV, immigrant owned, there's so, you know, cooperatively owned, there's so many ways to look at how you can support a business that is most impactful on the ground level. We know that these big corporations are going to make it through this pandemic. It's a different level of support. What would happen if we could all just look around and look at our neighborhoods and say like, wow, I haven't been in that tiny bodega before, you know, downtown Santa Barbara, there's so many, turn a corner, you see a little shop. 
if they're still open, please. That's my one nugget right now. And it's not just for the food co-op, it's for any local business, consider supporting. Can I get a produce question? Excuse me, I'm sitting in the co-op right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It's a real-life grocery store behind me. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Melissa, for all the beautiful work that you put into the co-op every single day and feeling strength and nourishment to the Ivy community. We appreciate you. And once again, that was Melissa Cohen, store manager of the Isla Vista Food Co-op. Be sure to check it out and support small local businesses especially in this unprecedented season. With KCSB's Inside Isla Vista, I'm Kalia Kwa. Have a wonderful evening. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. I'm Alexandra Goldberg. Our theme music is Siesta by Jalzer. This in 91.9 FM KCSB.